0: over the children of Israel. They're in the desert. He said, you need to have the high priest Aaron pray it over them every day. And when he prays it, I will put my name upon the children of Israel, and I will bless them.
1: Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Missy Montgomery, and today I'm joined over the phone with Warren Marcus, who is the author of the new book, "The Priestly Prayer of the Blessing." How are you doing today, Warren? I'm doing great. Perfect. And we had well, good. We're glad to have you here today too. We had quite the chat before this uh, show today, and. Talking a little bit about how I wanted to introduce you because you had quite the introduction of the title for your name, and again, I mentioned author, but you're an also an ordained messianic Jewish believer, and uh, you also have some uh, a lot of experience in film and an amazing testimony. So why don't you go ahead for our listeners, kind of fill them in on that?
0: Well, I when I got saved, I was working on Madison Avenue, but but uh, and I really wound up working. Um, when I got saved, I wound up working with CBN, the Christian Broadcasting Network, and I did a lot of programs with them. I did the Don't Ask Me, Ask God, the primetime special. It's the mm-hmm. high, highest-rated primetime special ever produced, religious primetime special. and had a 10.5 Nielsen. It had 16.5 million viewers watching. But the best thing was when Pat Robertson led people in the, in the prayer salvation, over 114,000 people wrote in to get this little booklet on the most asked questions america would like to ask god and we had people like michael j fox there and oh, vincent wow. price and all these hollywood actors with drama and everything And then i did the super book in flying house um at uh, the original um animated bible series for CBN. so this is a lot of the, what god had me do but the key is i was this jewish kid <laughs> from born from in brooklyn and 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 um i'm five years old i'm, I'm playing in my in my yard Uh, And my friend told me that lightning could kill me. So when the the lightning storm began, I went running and crying, and my agnostic Jewish sister, Fran, picked me up and said, what's wrong? I said, it's lightning. It could kill me. And she says, lightning won't hurt you. God will protect you. Mm -hmm. Now I'm five years old, right? And she's saying, God? Who's God? I said to her. She says, you can't see him, but he lives in a place called heaven, yet he's everywhere around you. And I said, well, is he in my room at night when it's dark? (laughs) And she said, yes. So I got more frightened of the, of this unseen entity named God than I was of the lightning. And then I had this dream, and I was up in the clouds in the heavens, lightning and thunder, and all of a sudden in the distance, the clouds parted in a in a, in a circular fashion, most beautiful golden light, and then these beams of all different colors came towards me and all around me, and I was being drawn into that light. I didn't realize till later in life that that was the glory, the Shekinah glory, of the Father. And I was being drawn in, and, and then I heard a voice all around me and within me say, do not be afraid. I am your friend. I will never hurt you. And it was the most beautiful thing. I felt such peace and, and and just the reality of the presence of God. I didn't want to wake up, and when I woke up, I tried to tell my mother about it. I said, I saw God. And she goes, what do you mean you saw God? I said, in my dream." She goes, oh, that's nice. <laughs> and, you know, it's just, but it put me on a search to want to know who is this God? Is this God real? So my mother took me to a movies. She took me to Ben, to the first uh, Ten Commandments, and I'm eight years old, and I'm seeing this. All of a sudden, I'm seeing the Shekinah again. It's Moses is there, and the finger of God's right in the Ten Commandments. And I'm going, wow, and I could sense that same presence that I felt in my dream. And I'm going, wow, this is incredible. Moses and and Judah, Judah Ben-Hur is Jewish, and I'm Jewish. So I went into the synagogue, and I'm going, you know, I'm, I'm I'm in the services, and then they have this thing where they have refreshments. I go back into the empty sanctuary, and I say, oh, God of Israel, where are you? Show yourself to me. I want to see you like Moses did. I want to see the burning bush. I want to see the chair set on fire. You know? <laughs>
1: right, exactly. But
0: nothing, nothing happened. Then I saw Ben-Hur. And when Ben-Hur, of course, I was introduced to Jesus and the unseen face of Jesus. But I saw the miracles of Judah Ben-Hur's mother, being healed and sister being healed of leprosy as Jesus was dying on the cross and and his blood was shed into the earth. So I said, who's this man, Jesus? And my mother said, oh, it's just a story. Well, I found that he wasn't a story. I finally, at 21 years old, I, I said, God of Israel, if Jesus is the Messiah, if he's the son of the living God, the only begotten son, as the Christians say, is that I want Him in my heart. I want Him to be in me. I want Him to be in my life. I can't do this anymore using drugs and doing this. Even though I was working on Madison Avenue producing TV commercials and all these different things, I was really saying, God, there's got to be more. And all of a sudden i I sensed that same presence of god that i did in the dream as a little boy in the movies that i saw the presence came down i began throwing out the marijuana i I wound up taking books off my shelf that didn't belong i went my whole life changed nobody preached anything to me i just sensed the holiness of god and so i was born again in 1974 i walked with god in, in a powerful way, the intimacy. The whole thing of the Born Again movement was the intimacy with the person of Jesus, knowing Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but not just knowing about him, knowing him in an intimate way, sensing his presence. And then I walked for about a year or so, and I heard there's more. They said, there's, there's the Holy Spirit. Do you have a a, a relationship with the Holy Spirit? And I said, well, yeah, well, the Holy Spirit's in me yeah but he could be upon you there's there's the baptism of the holy spirit and then all of a sudden i was introduced to the holy spirit i just said i just need you holy spirit come and the holy spirit came into my life just like jesus did in an intimate way. And I would be able to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I'd worship Jesus. I'd I'd speak to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I need you. I need more. I, I'm tired. I need you to rejuvenate me. Uh, I'm sick. I need your healing. Jesus, heal me. Holy Spirit, I would talk to both. I'd commune. And that kept me going from 1974 uh, all the way through to about five years ago oh, wow. when something happened to me. And that concerns the book. I got a call from my friend Rick Amata who is a, a, a Southern Baptist evangelist, and he was in Israel. And he says, Warren, I'm at this cave where this amulet was discovered, this ancient amulet in 1979 by a Jewish archaeologist named Gabriel Barcai. And it's sitting in a museum, but on this amulet etched in silver. It's a cave, it's a, it's a burial tomb, they believe, for a high priest. On this amulet was written the only prayer the entire bible that god himself wrote and i said what what are you talking about he said warren they prayed it over me in hebrew and on this amulet the it's the oldest intact bible scripture we have and it's that prayer and it's 400 years older than the dead sea scrolls it's the oldest evidence of scripture we have and i'm thinking why would god preserve this particular piece of scripture over every other one if it's not for us today. And he's telling me he sensed the presence of the name of God being placed upon him. He said, he, and, he, and he mentions Yehovah, Yahweh, you know, all these things. And he's just, he's, just, he's a Gentile and I'm a Jew. Mm-hmm. So I opened the Bible up and I read it and it's a beautiful prayer. Number six, the Lord bless you and keep you.
1: Right. The
0: Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So I read it, and I went, it's a nice prayer. I've had it prayed over me before. I, pr- I read it and prayed it, but it's not affecting me like it affected Rick Mamato. Mm-hmm. Why? So as I started looking at it, I read that right after it states the prayer, it says the prayer was given to Moses by God. He wrote it just like he wrote the Ten Commandments. He gave it to Moses and said, you can't pray this over the children of Israel. They're in the desert. He said you need to have the high priest Aaron pray it over them every day and when they he prays it I will put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them so I'm looking at this what does this mean about his name so I looked up name. And the name is guiding me this way. Well, what it means is not a title. Shem means the very breath of, the very person of, the holy character of, the power and authority of the one true God of Israel. And so he's saying, I'm going to put a little of myself upon them, a little of the glory the reason the high priest had to pray is because he's the only intermediary that could go between god and man he would go into the holy of holies once a year and he would and he would um meet with the shekinah glory of god bring a sacrifice for the nation but it's almost like when he'd hold his hands out in the form of the shin the hebrew letters it would be a shedding forth of the glory of the Father, the name of the Father being placed upon them, it's like he became real to them. You've you got to realize that Israel didn't really know who their God was. Right. I mean, they didn't have the Bible yet. It was being written while they're in the wilderness. And so he had to introduce that himself to them. And here's the thing, for 40 years they walked in divine supply of food, water from a rock. When they spoke to it, it would be enough to feed their flocks, to feed all of them, to grow vegetation and plants to you know mm-hmm. for the for the for the livestock they they had um it, it's a not one sick or feeble among them in 40 years uh they they had divine angelic protection from enemies from predators to hurting their flocks and it, their shoes and clothes never wore out mm-hmm. their heels never wore out for 40 years so i said to myself if that affected them in such a way how can we experience today because i believe god wrote that prayer prayer for us then i found out and i share this in a book that jesus prayed this prayer most likely in john 24 it's it's it, he was talking to them about the promise of the father he was ready to be ascended to the father he brings him out to the to the uh, mount of olives and he says he says to them um The promise of the Father, stay in Jerusalem till the day of Pentecost comes, Because the promise of the Father. He keeps talking about the Father, the Father in this thing. And then it says he lifted up both hands. Now here's the thing. He had died as our Messiah. He rose again as our High Priest after the order of Melchizedek. And so he was ready to take up his priesthood. He's standing there with them, raises both hands. The only prayer in Hebrew in which you raise both hands, is this particular prayer. And he says he blessed them. And the blessing that he said was long enough that as he's doing, he just starts ascending to his, to his place. And where was he going to be? At the right hand of the Father, in the throne, the true Holy of Holies, in heaven. And he's seated on the mercy seat, which is the throne of grace. They praised God, and they went to the temple and worshipped God. That means the Father. And so what I saw was there's something about this prayer for us today. So in the book, I start looking at the prayer in terms of the Hebrew meaning. When Rick was prayed over, he was prayed over in Hebrew, and that's when he started getting touched. I also noticed that when I say this prayer over people, when I play it over them, and I have this recording by Paul Wilbur that I did of him singing it in Hebrew with orchestration. Oh, wow. When I play it over people, whether it be Presbyterians, Baptists, they start weeping. Mm-hmm. They start shaking. They start sensing something different. And um, and I actually have that on free for people on warrenmarcus.com forward slash prayer. They could hear the prayer in the fullness of the amplified Hebrew to English and then being sung over them by Paul Wilbur. absolutely free i want people to experience this so anyway in the book i started getting into the understanding of the prayer see the words bless you keep you um you know shine my face upon you what does that mean that's very abstract in he in the in the english in the hebrew the 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 words explode with meaning and so for instance shalom what he finally gives you is shalom Shalom doesn't mean the absence of war or feeling nice. It means so much more. It means completeness and wholeness. It means supernatural, uh, you will receive supernatural health, supernatural peace, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfection, fullness, rest, harmony, as well as the absence of agitation and discord. So when you read Shalom, peace, it means so much more in the Hebrew, and all of these things, when you understand the prayer, it's so small in our Bible, it's a little paragraph in our Bible, or it's a few verses in our Bible, but when you read the amplified Hebrew to English meaning that God had me understand as I looked into the scholarship, as I looked into using concordances and um, and, and interlinear, um, an interlinear Hebrew to English version of the Bible, it basically the prayer is like a page long and it's just so powerful when you understand the fullness of the meaning so this opened up an incredible understanding so the book number one has the prayer and explodes so you could begin to experience that relationship you could pray this prayer in the fullness of meaning just like the, the israel understood it when it was prayed over them but also when yeshua prays it over he's a greater high priest he doesn't just go in once a year into the holy of holies He's there 24 hours a day, seven days a week, in the true Holy of Holies, in the fullness of the glory of the Shekinah of the Father. And so we receive this incredible importation of His very breath, His very person, His holy character, His power and authority. And that's what I'm walking in now. I'm walking in the fullness of the Elohim, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
1: I want to talk a little bit about... One of the things
0: that, that we have to realize is, we're living in a fatherless generation. We're living in a place where people's natural fathers are leaving homes, where we're living, I think even us as believers, as, as Gentile and Jewish believers in Messiah, it's kinda like we relegated ourselves into a spiritual orphanage. And we know about the Father, but the Father is far off. He's hidden in the holy of holies in heaven, and he's being worshiped 24 hours a day. Well, he is, but he's also omnipresent. He wants to make himself accessible in these end times. He wants to come close to us, as close as Yeshua, as Jesus is in us, and the Holy Spirit is with us. He wants to be with us, and he wants to make himself mo After all, when we were born again, we weren't adopted by Jesus. We weren't adopted by the Holy Spirit. We were adopted by the Heavenly Father. And when a father adopts a child... He puts his name, he gives them their name, his name, and he lets them know that they are inheritors of all that he has. So this is what I'm talking about in this book, is like, this is so much, it's so much more than, once the prayer is understood, I began to understand how the Father is making himself available to us, and we need the Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. When we spend time with the Father, when we have access to the Father, it's like, he brings something into our lives that's missing, and it was missing from my life for all those years that I was walking with just Yeshua and the Holy Spirit. Now I have the fullness of the Elohim, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
1: I want to talk a little bit about, you know, one thing that you mentioned um, throughout the book that, you know, this prayer isn't based on how good or perfect we are. I think a lot of people sometimes get messed up thinking that maybe they're not good enough to receive this love from Christ. And like you said, have them be their father. So can you elaborate a little bit more on how this prayer definitely applies to everyone, no matter where they are or their walk with Christ?
0: Well, Yeshua, Jesus Philip says Philip said, show me the Father. And he says, I've been with you all this time, and you don't know me. So he was the outward expression of the Father, says in Colossians, that he is the fullness of the Godhead bodily for us to know. So he was showing forth the Father. He had a heart for the sinner. He had a mm-hmm. heart for those who, 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 who weren't making it. The, the self-righteous ones, he said, I'm not here for you, I'm here for you, the broken, for the ones you are calling right. out for God to help me. So he came to the worst case people to bring them that salvation to know him so the key is everything god has for us is imparted to us is imputed to us when jesus died on the cross we can't make ourselves righteous we can't make ourselves holy but when we believe in him as our messiah and lord he imputes his righteousness upon us matter of fact it says we have become the righteousness of god the father in and through christ jesus we his righteousness because he was the unblemished lamb he paid the price and because of that we receive an importation of his holiness so we could stand before god the father and we could stand there not being ashamed or anything he wants to know us he matter of fact he doesn't say to me anymore like that thing he said when i was a little kid he says do not be afraid of me i am your friend i will never hurt you he says now to me do not be afraid I am your Heavenly Father. Mm. I am your Father. And not only will I not hurt you, I have your best in heart for me, for you. I, I want you to fulfill your, your God-given destiny and purpose. I want to help you. I love you. And the whole prayer is like, I want to put my arms around you. I want to embrace you. When you understand the fullness of the prayer, it's the Father kneeling in front of you, right. blessing you. It says, I want to bless you and I want to kneel in front of you. I have my arms outstended. I want you to come as my son and daughter. I want to love on you. I want to help you. I want to impart things to you. So everything is an importation. So when you spend time with the Holy Spirit, you receive an importation of the things that the Holy Spirit has to bring. It's not you being perfect. Matter of fact, you're saying, I need you, God. I, I can't survive without you. I have to live. I need you as much as the air that I have to breathe. I need you at, um, every moment of the day. I like the food I need to eat to stay alive and the water I need to, to drink. You are my food. You are my drink. And I need you so much. This is what wells up inside of you. And when The more you go to God, even if you're in trouble, even if you've blown it, if you run towards God, it says in 1 John 1 and 9, He is faithful and just to forgive you if you confess your sin, and He will cleanse you, and it's like a new beginning. That's why I love to have short accounts with the Heavenly Father. So this is what it is. It's it, He wants to. He's calling out to every person. And you've got to come through Jesus, because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's no way to the Father except through me. I mean, Jesus wanted people to know their Heavenly Father. As a matter of fact, he called them, Our Father who art in Heaven. Holy is your name. When he said that, the disciples looked at him strangely. The Pharisees saying, you're you're blasphemous because <laughs> God, the God of Israel cannot be our Father, though there were some, uh, some allusions to it in the Old Testament Scriptures. They didn't think of him as the Heavenly Father. You could only have him as your Heavenly Father by becoming born again.
1: So true. And
0: this is what this is what we're talking about. So he, it's a grace. That's, this is the greatest prayer of grace ever given. God is coming to make himself known to us so we can begin to die to self and begin to put on the new person that he already sees us being because he looks at us through the nail-pierced hands of his son. He sees us complete and whole. He sees us in the finished work of who we're going to be. We're in the process of becoming as we walk with him.
1: Now, Warren, for our listeners that, you know, have listening to this interview and just knowing that there's so much depth Mm -hmm. to this book and, you know, they want to get their hands on this book to kind of, you know, unravel it themselves. um, The book, The Priestly Prayer of the Blessing. Where can they pick up this book that is out now in stores?
0: Well, they could get the book. On Amazon, they could get the book at Barnes and Noble. Matter of fact, I went to Barnes and Noble, and there was the book sitting there. Oh, and awesome! Someone called me from Virginia <laughs> Beach said I went to Barnes and Noble, and the book is out of stock. I had to order it from Barnes and Noble. Well, that's awesome. I also awesome. have it on my website, warrenmarcus.com. dot com, and I have a uh, you. You could get the book and a free DVD of me saying the prayer. It's the same one you could go on to warrenmarcus.com dot com forward slash prayer and hear it yourself of me sharing it over you in jesus name in the amplified hebrew to english so you understand the fullness of the prayer and then then paul wilbur sings it in jesus name and it's in the hebrew so i want people to receive that i want them to get an experience with god and i'm telling you i mean i'm blown away with the testimonies of people who have been praying this over themselves it doesn't take me to pray it over him. You're praying it in Jesus' name, which means Jesus is praying it through you. Right. And, and I'm telling you the testimonies. I, here's people that have been healed. A, a little child with with a club foot was healed in a week, was supposed to go to surgery. Um, financial miracles. This lady needed $20,000 or they were going to foreclose on her home. And she pr- was praying the prayer. Someone walked up to her from her church and says, God told me to give you this, was $20,000. I'm not making this up. Oh, wow. I put, As a matter of fact, I put these people's names in the book, mm-hmm. and you could contact these people if you wanted <laughs> to look on Facebook and see these are real people. Uh-huh. So there's financial miracles, healings. I mean, amazing what God is doing. And it doesn't matter what denomination you are. I mean, I've had guys like the evangelicals like Elmer Towns and and Ed Heinsen, who have endorsed this book? Pat Robertson, who has endorsed the book, um, Sid Roth, Messianic believers. I had people. I have a Catholic man who uh, has endorsed the book, who who lives in the Vatican, uh, Matteo Khaleesi. Mm-hmm. and he is the worship leader at the Vatican. He's also over the Charismatic Renewal, of the Catholic Church. He he's endorsed my book. So this is like bringing people together. This this book is a unity book. It's like John 17 is a unity chapter. Mm-hmm. Chapter, And Jesus said something interesting. I have made your name known to, to the Father. And he's praying to the Father. He says, Father, I am one in you, and you are one in me. My prayer is that they, all believers, might become one in us. That means one with the Father, one with the Son, one with the Holy Spirit. And that's really the essence of the book is a journey of discovery of the heavenly father but not just that it's a prayer that allows you to begin to enter in so you can move from one level level of glory to the next level of glory to know your heavenly father in such a way and what you find is he brings order into your life he brings singleness of mind you're not you're not going through should i do this or that he actually brings revelation of what your assignment is that's why jesus would pray to him every morning he would say father what would you have me do and he said everything i say is what the father has told me to say everything i do is what the father would have me do i find that he starts showing me what assignments how to carry out these assignments how to fulfill my god-given destiny and purpose so this is what we're talking about and you could tell me i'm a little excited about it
1: (laughs) that's okay When it's this good, you can be passionate about it. That's perfectly fine. <laughs> well, you know, we're going to move on from one prayer to the other. And uh, Warren, we just want to thank you again for joining us today and just sharing uh, your testimony and um, the, the significance of this book. So would you mind closing, closing us out in prayer, please?
0: Yes. Father God, I just pray for those who don't know Yeshua, Jesus as their Messiah, Lord, that they will repent of their way that they've been going, say, God, I need you, and they will just receive Jesus as their Messiah and Lord, number one. Number two, I pray for those of us who've been walking with you for a long time. We've known Jesus. We've known the Holy Spirit. We just want to know you, Heavenly Father. We want to have a relationship with you, so we're walking in the fullness of the Elohim with you, Daddy God, with you, Jesus, with you, Holy Spirit. So, Father, I just pray right now that you begin to just show up right now right in the room that people are at right where they're listening in their cars wherever they are I just pray that you just begin showing up right now the fullness of your Elohim Father Son and Holy Spirit I just pray you put a hunger in the hearts of all of us to want to get to know you we're not alone we don't have to put up with what the enemy is putting towards us and to you, when we put on your yoke and follow after you and walk with you step by step, breath by breath, as you breathe out life into us, we pray that this right now will be the yearning of our heart. I believe Thank you for what you're going to do in people's lives who are listening today. In Yeshua's name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.
1: Amen. And be sure to pick up Warren's book, The Priestly Prayer of the Blessing, wherever books are sold. I'm Missy Montgomery, and you've been listening to Charisma Connection.
0: This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network.